Hello, welcome back to the Loud and Clear Changemaking Podcast, brought to you by Phenomenal Women. I'm Haruti and this is... And I'm Karen, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about the weird, the wild and the wonderful. We'll talk about issues both big and small and make the change that you've been wanting to see. Absolutely. In this episode, we will be discussing the issues on the fashion industry and later on, we will be meeting a special guest who is also part of Phenomenal. Let's get straight into it. For several years, the fashion industry has been under trouble for the problems it creates. Workers are exploited, factories are falling apart, killing many people due to bad regulations, overproduction to avoid empty inventories, a massive carbon footprint, water pollution, and much more. The list goes on. And to add on to it, on a per capita basis, Australia is the highest consumer of textiles anywhere in the world, outside of the US. When these clothes fall out of favour with their owners, the majority of them end up in landfill. And only 7% of clothes sold in Australia are classified as recycled. Haruti, does that sound like a big number to you? Of course it's a big number. I mean, number one, that's fine. But number two, in world crisis, we're talking about here. Quite big, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 7%, you know, we're aiming for that to drop down for sure. And, you know, there's ways we can do that as we'll come to later on. We believe that all of us are a part of this global problem, which means that it can only be solved if we make a change. The problem can be solved if we work as a team, don't you think, Karen? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better than that teamwork that's going to bring us over the top and allow us to rise over this problem. Yeah. And it starts today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, today. (laughs) But today. There are also numerous problems with the materials and the processes used to make those materials into the clothes we wear every day. Like, for example, cotton production uses 6% of the world's pesticides and 16% of its insecticides. The industry also has a heavy carbon footprint. And I mean, do we really need more of that? It's responsible for up to 10% of the total global carbon emissions and is estimated to increase by 50% by 2030. How far away is that, do you think, Karuti? 2030? I mean, 10 years ago, a lot of years to come, but now, not that far away. Yeah, and it's just like the statistic that hits you in the face that makes you realise, oh, wait a minute, we kind of have to wake up now. Like, this is a serious issue. Yeah, make a change. And, I mean, this problem doesn't just stop there, you know. You'd think it got bad enough, but it continues with things like child labour exactly. and then yes. the microplastics using and that's the clothing. And, exactly. And I don't know how many have heard of microplastics, but they get into the ocean, then they get into the animals, and then they end up in us. Yeah, not only like creatures, sea creatures and animals dying, but humans die of it too. Of course. What can we do about this, you might think? Starting from today, we can consider buying even new clothes, try to rewear them and donate or recycle them when you don't want the piece of clothing. Karen, I just wanted to ask out of curiosity, do you do any of these? Look, Rudy, I try and do as much as I can. You know, I'm not a big shopper, thank goodness. It means there's more money in my bank account and less clothes in my wardrobe. But it also means that any of the old clothes I have, I'm able to easily spot and recycle. And I do try and do that. Um, are you a big thrifter or anything like that? I mean, I'm not quite like a thrifter person, but 
when I consider buying clothes, I always think about what's going on in the world. Well, most of the time, I try to recycle it. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, what do you think caused it to get this bad? Because we've been to the point where we're thinking about what we can do to change it, right? I mean, we've just talked about, you know, how bad the issue actually is. And it might have sounded like we just rammed you with some statistics. But the reality of it is, is the apparel industry accounts for 10%, as we mentioned before, of the global carbon emissions. It's generating a lot of greenhouse gases because of the energy required for, you know, clothes production, um, manufacturing, and then transportation of the millions of garments purchased every year. Of course. In total, up to 85% of our textile goes to the landfill each year. That's enough to fill the Sydney Harbour annually. Do you think Sydney oh. Harbour is quite big, Harry? I don't know. You tell me, Haridi. Well, as a person who actually lives in Sydney for a while now, Sydney Harbour is quite big, you know? You look like an ant when you're standing next to it. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> accurate. <laughs> okay. Overall, microplastics are estimated to compose up to 31% of plastic pollution in the ocean. That's more emissions than all international flights and marine time shipping combined. Yeah, wow. Um, random stat right now, but in Uzbekistan, for example, cotton farming used up so much water from the Arai Sea. I think that's like the local ocean over there. Um, that it dried up after about 50 years. So once one of the like world's four largest lakes, the, that Arai Sea is now a little more than desert and a few small ponds. I mean, even stepping out from fashion industry for a while, you talked about water, right? You know, water is kind of a big part of the human lives. And we're talking about 99% of the ocean is seawater and only 1% is for humans. Um, to use and stuff. I mean, that's quite big. Yeah, it's massive. And to realize that we're having this effect on it just to, you know, grow some material. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but we should definitely take more care and realize the consequence of our actions and how dire they really are. Yeah. I mean, Karen, where is this issue the biggest? You know, there's a lot of compartments to this issue, water, child labor, environment etc but where is it bigger yeah you're definitely right Haruti like I don't know about you or anyone else listening but every single time I go into the shopping center whether that's for homewares for accessories for my clothes for my shoes yeah. there's always a made in China tag made in China that gets me every time too most of our clothes are actually produced in China Bangladesh or India and those countries are essentially powered by pure coal yeah, exactly. Yeah, a geography, right? This is the direst type of energy in terms of carbon emissions. Also, according to James Conkar from Forbes, cheap synthetic fibers also emit gases like nitrogen, which is 300 times more damaging than carbon dioxide. I mean, when I think of carbon dioxide, it's kind of scary, right? But Karen, what do you think when it comes to nitrogen? I mean, releasing a substance that's 300 times more powerful, according to the random guy we just heard, I mean, it's pretty intense. Like, this is not a joke anymore. And it's kind of, I feel like people are taking this kind of as, oh, you know, global warming, kind of taking the Trump perspective of 
it's not real, no matter what the scientists say. Do you know what I mean? I mean, really, we're not going to move to Mars any sooner. Exactly, exactly. And so it's really important that we look after this Earth and what, you know, chemicals and gases we're putting out there. Yeah, let's nurture the Earth while we live here. Of course. And atop all of that, the environmental impacts of fast fashion go further than just that CO2 or just that nitrogen. It's the depletion of non-renewable resources, the emission of greenhouse gases, and then on top of that, the use of massive amounts of water and energy. You know, we touched on that water and that energy before when we when we looked at Uzbekistan, but is this still going on or is this an issue that, you know, was happened 50 years ago and suddenly, you know, it's kind of dying down on its own? I mean, it's quite obvious that it's still going on and quite obvious that it's increasing, right? It's always increasing. It started about circa 1960. And this will end when we all make a change, as we talked about it before. Change always starts with one, and then it broadens up, and then we can change, of course, right? Definitely. And our listeners are very lucky today, as we'll be in touch with a very special guest who will talk us through what we can each do as individuals and as a community to try and slowly reverse this issue. I am excited. Me too. Now, moving on to the interview part, we're very lucky to have here a young change maker here with us today, Sophia Du. She started to make a change by joining Phenomenal Women as a blog editor. She does lots of writing and competitions and raising awareness through her writing. How are you doing today, Sophia? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, it's great to have you here. So, um, can I just want to start by asking you a little bit about how you found the Phenomenal Women experience because I know a lot of people are interested and want to hear, you know, firsthand from someone who's been involved. Mm-hmm. Mm, so my role for non-women is the blog editor and I found it to be overall a really fun experience in a way that I get to uh, edit the blogs of girls who, you know, really speak their minds on things that interest them in the blogs. And I've witnessed um, how much work I'm putting to make sure that like the organization as a whole is getting you know out there with competitions and and contests and I think it's a really good place for anyone who you know wants to um, have a platform where they can talk about things that interest them and overall I think it's a really empowering sort of organization for young girls especially because sometimes I know that we feel like you know our voices aren't really hard in a world that's got my train of thought. Yeah, but that's overall like my experience at Phenomenal Women, which I found to be incredible. Alright, moving on. What are you doing to take part in this um, movement for change in the fashion industry? Well, I do try to thrift and buy like second-handed clothing and recycle clothes as much as I can. Yeah. Specifically, I try to thrift and buy second-handed clothing and like recycle clothes as much as possible. What about you guys? Well, I do not reply. I'm planning to thrift. <laughs> yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, um, I just recently did like a massive summer clean out of my wardrobe 
um, and donated that. So kind of trying to recycle, um, recycle all those clothes that you know don't fit anymore. Interesting. Because like, the idea was like thrifting and recycling and donating is like to keep clothes in circulation for as long as possible. Yeah, which is, I think, you know, the essence of ethical clothing is to not, you know, throw away clothing and to make more is to, like, keep a clothing in use as long as possible. No, and yeah, I think thrifting what, yeah. does that so yeah, well. that's what recycling is for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. And I also think it's, like, really important um, to, you know, by doing that, you change a perspective. You start a movement. You don't just, you know, recycle the actual clothes and whether that be just your own perspective or the, or the perspective of those around you as well, I think that's super cool to see. Yeah, I think, like, thrifting has become so much of a trend now that it's seen as, you know, really popular or cool to thrift yeah. and buy vintage clothing. But I think mm, the main point in that is to, you know, like, consume ethically and to have fashion that is, you know, good for the environment. And so keeping that in mind, I think. Yeah, I've seen it in platforms all over TikTok and stuff. Mm, yeah, definitely. TikTok is really pushing the thrifting trend up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kind of leads really well into the next question um, we had was, we've just heard how you're making your difference, whether that be big or small, but how do you think others can help change the fashion industry? Because it's not a one-man job. Mm, definitely. <laughs> Although you do say one man job, and I think with change like this, especially it can feel like you're going through this process alone. Is that you're the only one who's you know boycotting these big brands and you know really trying to make a change with with finding clothes and thrift stores and you know um, like donating. But I think it's even though you may you know feel that you're not specifically making a lot of change. I think it's the it's more of the mindset of that is to have an ethical mindset and um i think also with specific strategies that you can have is to really try to convince your family and friends to get on board with you and to make change always starts with my friends yeah yeah for example our school had like a clothes swap day and i think that was really cool where you just swap clothes with know people all around the school and in that way you wear the clothes you want to wear and then give the clothes you don't and it creates like a really good cycle of just recycling clothes that's innovative Mm. yeah i know people do that a lot with books and kind of books up especially um, oh yeah if some primary schools do like book week or anything like that um and i love that you think about throwing away books and that's like like you don't do that but yeah. then we don't really think about that with clothes. It's just seen as, you know, just clothes. It's just fabric. But, you know, it has you know, taken a lot of, you know, en- like energy and materials and labor to make that. So, yeah, that's a good point there. Well, yeah. this leads us on to the next question. What do you think the actual problem is in the fashion industry? Is it the child labor, the usage of energy and water, capacity, or something else? Mm, that's a good question. I think all of these examples, you know, are the consequences of fast fashion and they are extremely problematic. But um, when I think of this, I actually think of the the complacent mindset that a lot of consumers like have when confronted with this reality. 
like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we all know it's it, like fast fashion has these consequences of you know being bad for the environment or like it's toxic. But then we also see like the full sale sign at H and M or Forever Twenty One and or online brands like Shein, and we just mm. continue to consume and to throw away. You know, it's this it's this cycle of not ignorance but i feel like it is a complacent mindset that we should change of course we know the problem but we don't like share as much mm-hmm. and i think this relates to what we were talking about of like how you can feel alone in this journey and feel like you personally you know are not making that much change but i feel like mm, it's the principle that really matters not the actual end result although you know, with strategies like you know, um, talking with your family, friends, and you know, making small changes in your community, that all helps. But it is down to the principle of it, I think. Of course. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point there of this age-old question um, of intentions or outcomes, sort of thing. And and in reality, if your intentions are good and, and you're taking even the smallest steps, whether you get a big outcome or not, it's as you mentioned. And as we touched on before, it's that um, changing that perspective and that mindset of those around you as well that will eventually lead to that um, mm. mass change. Yes, and I don't think we we try in life to have these you know extremely great consequences and outcomes. It's that we find those good outcomes by the process of you know making these changes. It's almost accidental or rewarding. It's not something that we aim to aim for in the end. Of course, yeah. So I know we talked a lot about kind of perspective and and what people are able to do, but how do you think your contribution is going to make a change in in that sense that it's still that individual journey? Mm-hmm. I think a great example is making this podcast. You know, I think in talking about this issue with you guys, and you know, like this podcast being put on Spotify and other. Like platforms, we are reaching a larger audience and spreading this sort of message around. So this is a you know, small community change that that I'm glad to be on board with, and I think it's yeah. in these small changes that we can overall create a movement that will create permanent and real change in the end. Of course, we're all doing our own part to kind of make a change and spread mm. this message. Mm-hmm. Well. Any final thoughts? Mm. Uh, just a final thought is that I understand that you know this is a hard transition and you are fighting to swim upstream against a lot of the conventional norms mm-hmm. placed on us as consumers. You know, speaking as someone who like really likes fashion, I don't think we have to like we need to stop spine quotes or partaking in a lot of these online TikTok trends. But it's it's just that there is a right way to do this, and I think that you know we should first of all do our research and try to find you now individual place in this very complex issue. And yes, that's that's it for me. And I hope you found something interesting in today's podcast. And thank you, Karen and Haruti, for your time. Thank you for joining us, Sophia. It meant a lot to us. Yeah, thank you. And I know just having this conversation with the two of you today um, has placed in me some massive inspiration to start uh, making some changes around my own home and and my own situation. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what other amazing things 
uh, we get to see coming from your and Sophia and uh, other young guests on our podcast. Things are looking pretty dim at the moment, but um, you know, this can end and, and this will end once we all make a change, no matter how big or how small. Yes. Can always um, brighten things up with light. Absolutely. Alright, so today we um we learned about the fashion industry, what caused it, what we can do to make it better, uh, about change, a lot of scary facts to be honest. And yeah, that yeah. pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, and it was great to, you know, chat with Sophia and, and get that insight as well on, on how we can make that change. Um, yeah, that's it from us today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'd love to see you in the next episode. But in the meantime, make sure you follow on Instagram, our main account, Women 1 Same on Facebook and LinkedIn. And make sure to take a look at the website and become a member to hear more amazing information from us. And don't forget to spread messages. Absolutely. Make the change you've been wanting to see. See you next time. Bye.